0: It's going down. I'm going timber. I've heard from like multiple sources that uh, Pitbull is actually like one of the nicest people on the planet.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, get ready to get incepted. I'm Kent Garrison. I am Brian Gill.
0: And I'm Richard Barden. And this is Mad About Movies. Da, 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 da! You sound insane. Do You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. <laughs> Like, yeah. The yeah. showtime. Yeah. Mad About Movies is your go-to movie podcast for all things concerning the world of cinema. We discuss movie news, movie rumors, and movie rumblings, and then we break it on down for our chosen movie of the week. Make sure you stick around for the end of the show for those all-important weekly recommends, and make sure you check out our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Brian, this week's throwback... Movie of the week is...
2: Yeah, this week we're giving you a throwback of Christopher Nolan's Inception.
1: What's the most resilient parasite? An idea. A single idea from the human mind can build cities. An idea can transform the world... Write all the rules which is why i have to steal it the time has come for uh, for my yearly inception watching yeah <laughs> i try to revisit this film uh, pretty much every year since it's come out i think i've done that sometimes multiple times a year uh insanely rewatchable film and i'm glad i could get you guys to to rewatch it too. And for you guys to put your thoughts together. And so we could put together this little throwback episode.
2: I mean, we should say we didn't really have a choice because otherwise we would be discussing, I
1: don't know, (laughs) probably brick mansions. Just, Uh, just or the other woman,
0: $30 million maker. The other woman,
1: the movie that knocked captain America off the uh, number one spot in the box office, by the way, jeez, I think it's just the Kate Upton factor. Yeah. Kate or, Upton on a big screen, I think that drew a lot, of,
0: <laughs> a lot of people. I haven't seen it, but my girlfriend saw it and said the uh, the amount of Upton is uh, misleading in the um, Dang it. trailers. Apparently she's only in it for like eight minutes and has about four lines. <laughs> but they so, marketed it very intelligently. Yeah. Is that at the beginning or the end or the middle? Or <laughs> it's just... at the 42-minute mark. I had a okay. great <laughs> Okay, thanks. We'll okay. Yes. Rumors and rumbling.
1: That's awesome. Let's... The filibustering begin. Well, before we jump into our Inception review, which I have been eagerly anticipating, there is no shortage of movie news, rumors, rumblings for us to go over. I think it's more of a movie news segment uh, this week. Um, The rumors and rumblings that we've been discussing for the past, what, year, pretty much, since we've been doing this podcast um, regarding the uh, Star Wars 7 film that's coming out in uh, 2015. December 18th, I believe, 2015. Um, all the rumors have been put to rest. The official casting announcement has been made as of about two hours ago. Here, uh, the date is April the 29th, 2014, if you are listening to this as an archived episode. But man, it's a huge, huge, huge deal in the film world, in the geek world, in the pop culture world. And uh, man, the internet is absolutely exploding right now. I'm surprised we're even able to connect to re- to record this <laughs> podcast with all of the uh, the internet traffic. But uh, let's give your first impressions, guys, of the uh, the announcement for Star Wars Seven. The confirmed cast. I'm going to pull up the cast list right here, and we can go over. Um, the individual cast members and uh, Brian, just give us your initial thoughts of the of the cast list uh, here while I pull up the list.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I'm s- I'm just so stoked. I-, I think I texted you guys or I- maybe somebody else, but we all got very fascinated by the idea of like Michael Fassbender and Gary Oldman and all the other huge names that were at one point or another linked to this cast, like we're given the option or maybe we're pursuing these guys or it's, you know, it's going to be Fassbender and Oldman and all these other people. Um, Obviously we would have gotten excited about that. I, but I am, I find myself, I think even more excited about this cast because I feel like, uh, I feel like J.J. Abrams is about to do something pretty special with a group of guys who are all very talented actors but are not necessarily uh, names and not necessarily yeah. faces that that the average moviegoer watches. And and to me, that that will make... I think it will... There's enough star power or face power just with the old cast, with Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and, and Carrie Fisher and whatnot. Um, I think it's quite wise actually to go with a, a lesser known cast of younger actors who are all extremely talented. Um, and I'm looking at the list and, and I th- honestly like, I don't know anything about Adam driver beyond what we saw in inside and Davis, just because uh, I don't watch girls and he hasn't really been in just a whole lot of stuff.
0: I wonder um, if there's a super cut of his stuff on girls because girls is a, to me, a kind of a mediocre show. I mean, it's not bad, but right. his, his scenes on it are very, um, you know, a uh, spader on blacklist level. Like it's always just incredible gold when he's on, I should find yeah. a super cut to send you.
1: Sweet. So I got the list here, but, um, really good points, Brian. I have the same reservations about the new cast, but when they announced it, wow, pretty, pretty awesome. So the actors that are confirmed, uh, is John Boyega. Yeah. Who starred in a little film called attack the block a few years ago, a great little British sci-fi flick. Yeah. That I would definitely recommend. It will probably come up on weekly recommends uh, when I get a chance to revisit it here in the next year.
2: And he's great in that movie. He's
1: spectacular. Too. He's the lead in it, and it's kind of a Goonies slash Super Eight type story, uh, centering around the slums of England or London. And it's man, he's just he just carries the, the film absolutely. The only actor on here that I wasn't really familiar with is the female. Yes, and her name is Daisy Ridley. And I looked her up on IMDb, and I was floored. She is absolutely stunning. And, uh, I mean, her life is about to change dramatically. She's somewhat unknown. I think she's only in a, a few films yeah. uh, prior to this announcement for Star Wars, and I'm sure her stock has risen uh, exponentially with the announcement of this uh, of this cast and her being a part of it. So I wonder where they found her.
2: Yeah, she hasn't been anything. TV series, that's it. Man,
1: so, yeah, she must have auditioned an open casting call or something like that.
0: Someone's dating a producer.
1: <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy is uh, cheating on, on <laughs> Gary Marshall. We'll have to see here. But, um, yeah, she's, she seems, you know, she looks the part, of course. I'm, I'm assuming she will play a daughter of, of one Princess Leia and Han Solo, if I was yeah. to make an assumption here with with what they're going for. So, I mean, she looks the part, definitely, and we'll have to, you know, see, of course. She's probably the only real unknown on this cast. Uh, Adam Driver, of course, is confirmed from Girls and Inside Lewin Davis as the main villain, which has also been confirmed. And, you know, it'll be great to see him in a darker role because he's, what he's done
0: has been so great and comedic thus far. Couple things. I'm I'm glad you know the academy failed to recognize Inside Llewyn Davis. I'm, I'm glad J.J. Abrams. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. is yeah. It's
1: just about to say that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> do you think the Coen Brothers had like a lead on this because like the whole outer space thing with.
1: And oh, then Oscar Isaac
0: and him—it's kind of yeah. <laughs> it's like maybe it was like a uh, creepy homage or a creepy uh, foreshadowing. For, yeah. If,
2: if Inside Lewin Davis had been anywhere close to a hit, that would make for a great meme right now. But unfortunately, yeah. there would be like us and four other people <laughs> that would get the bit. So please go see Inside Lewin Davis.
1: <laughs> Inside Lewin Davis finished up its uh, its theater run a couple weeks ago, and I saw that it made like twenty million dollars or something like. Gosh. Just no money at all. Yeah. It's so it, sad. The
0: other woman in three days outgrossed yeah. Inside Lewin yeah. Davis. Yeah.
1: Wow. So another star from Inside Lewin Davis, and this is the one I guess we are all most excited about. Yes. Yeah. When, it, when it was announced, Oscar Isaac, the star of Ugh. Inside Lewin Davis, Lewin Davis himself. I'm going to make an assumption here that he's going to play the son of Han Solo. I'm, you know, that's all speculation at this point. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he might. I'm assuming him and Daisy Ridley will be brother and sister from what I've heard from the what the screenplay is, but you know, that's you know, that's hasn't been confirmed yet at all. So yeah, this I, I heard. I think we had actually talked about this rumor um, back in December. I think there was a spark of Oscar Isaac might be in Star Wars, like right when and Davis came out, but it seemed like the rumor. Went away, you know, as soon as the the small amount of buzz that was around that movie went away. And I guess everyone just assumed he wasn't doing it. And then, sure enough, the night before the press release last night on online, you know, all the movie blogs blew up with could Oscar Isaac possibly be attached? And uh, that really excited me. And I think he's going to bring something great to this film. I'm sure he'll be the lead male actor, I'm assuming, protagonist. But.
2: that guy is fantastic. I am so stoked that he's about to do something uh, big and meaningful, you know, that will be meaningfully meaningful from a pop culture standpoint. Right. Um, Cause I, man, I've been on, I've been on this guy's bandwagon for several years and he's so great in Inside Lewin Davis. And I'm, man, I'm stoked to see him in this. I could not be more excited about that casting.
1: Next on the list of confirmed actors for star Wars seven. This one really excites me too. Really unexpected. Uh, Andy Serkis. Yeah. Great mocap performer, best known for Gollum and King Kong and Caesar from Planet of the Apes and some other, you know, memorable mocap characters. So I'm guessing maybe a mocap character here for him, but we have seen him do great acting work uh, Mm -hmm. in, you know, 1010 and everything. He was, he acted in that, even though it was a mocap, it was him acting and and speaking lines and, and, and such. So, Interesting to see what they've got cooked up for Mr. Circus here. Really yeah. exciting.
2: I'm yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm very excited about that and I'm I'm really I want to see what kind of what doors
0: that's opening up. Like what are they doing with him? It's gotta be Jar Jar, right? I mean or or a, a shut up long um you know, like not ancestor, but you know. He just survived ancestor. through all that. They <laughs> <laughs> just find him like yeah. under a rock
1: somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh Where say you guys a Benza? <laughs> Man, awful. Burn that that won't happen. There's no way in there's literally no way they'll bring you back, Jar Jar. What if, what it if that was part of the deal that
2: Lucas signed with Disney? <laughs> Disney right. wouldn't have taken that deal. Yeah, I'm sure. I'll take four billion instead. Like I, this is worth twelve billion, but I'm going to take four billion. But here's the deal: for three <laughs> minutes in every Star Wars movie from here on out, you have to put Jar Jar in it. Like, would that not be just something that he would do just to be a jerk? Oh God, that makes me a little. That makes me hurt. I'm going to.
0: I'm going to stop talking about it now. Abrams should put him in the background or something. Just. <laughs> That
2: would be funny, just like a callback. Yeah. yeah.
0: Remember yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> and
2: then he just gets murdered. With
1: a <laughs> <sticker>. <laughs> Get the people what they want. So we've got, other than uh, the people have announced, we've got a few more um, principal actors before we talk about the returning actors. This one really excites me too, and I just discovered this guy uh, last year when you guys recommended a film, Dom Hall Gleason. Yeah. An Irish born actor from Dublin, Ireland. He's Brendan Gleason's son. Yep, and cool. uh starred in a great film last year, a rom com called About Time, which was very misleading. It's not really a rom I mean, it is a rom com, but it is very, very good movie.
2: Yeah. That
1: would appeal to, to males and females alike. Uh with Rachel McAdams, who I should mention, who is great yeah, in that movie. And time
2: travel. So. And
1: time travel, yeah. <laughs> That's what the about time pun. Refers yeah. to in the title, in case you didn't it's, catch
0: that first time can, around. Contractually, but, uh, yeah. Rachel McAdams has to, <laughs> she, if you mention the movie that she's in, you ha- contractually, you have to mention that. They're in, explicitly, that involves time travel.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, really exciting uh, to see what they're going to do here with
2: He's him. He's good in the uh, very limited role in the Harry Potter f- series as well. Mm-hmm uh good in that True Grit. He was getting True Grit, which I didn't recognize him in in about time from True Grit, but went back and looked at his IMDb and was like, "Oh yeah,
1: really good in that." So, excellent actor. Small role in Dread from from 2012. Yeah. Um I re- went back and rewatched that a couple weeks ago when I I just got the Blu-ray and really good small role in there. So, a lot of versatility with action, with emotional parts here, so it'll be interesting to see whether he's a protagonist, antagonist, or which direction they're going to go with all the—I mean—they've got so many capable actors here that I mean are are teetering on the on the line of well known and not well known. So it's really the perfect call by J.J. Abrams here, it seems, for the I guess the principal cast.
0: Max um, von Sydow too. Max yes. von Sydow,
1: who's best known, of course, for Minority Report. Oh, I would the Seven
0: Seal. Igmar Bergman. Come on. Sure. But I uh, mo- most sci-fi
1: relevancy there would be Minority Report. He's um, like I we talked off the air about this, but I think he would make a great Sith. I could see him in totally yeah. a Count Dooku type role. Totally. Um, we'll see where they go with that, of course, too. But um, principal actors that are returning, and uh, you know, this was confirmed, I guess, right when the acquisition was pretty much made for um, Star Wars to be to move over to Disney, but. So Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and Kenny Baker all returning for Star Wars 7. really surprising that uh, Kenny Baker's returning as R2-D2. Yeah. He didn't think he was uh, physically able to do it, as well as Peter Mayhew, who, as we mentioned before, is walking on a cane and such now. Yeah. So, wow. Awesome that they can get those guys involved. I guess it just wouldn't feel right to Harrison to act with Chewbacca. <laughs> and not have Peter Mayhew in that costume, you know? Yeah, like they, they had such a um, a camaraderie, like a physical um, communication camaraderie. Does that make sense? Like a dog a, between a man and his dog, or something, would have great, great um, duo there. And I can't, I just can't see them breaking them apart. Um, but the shocking news, really, about the announcement to bring back this principal cast is that. Harrison Ford will apparently have a way bigger role than anyone had anticipated. And so what do you guys think about I mean, this movie basically starring Harrison Ford and I'm guessing one or two of the other guys as the main protagonist, Oscar Isaac and um and Dom Hall Gleason. But I mean we, we speculated on the show before that these people would have secondary roles, advisory roles, I think what we called them. Right. So what do you guys think about Harrison Ford possibly leading this film?
2: I think you could definitely do that with Harrison Ford. I do not think you can do that with Mark Hamill or or Carrie Fisher. So uh, if you're gonna pick any of the old guard and have them be a, a more important part of the film, obviously I think that's that's Harrison Ford and that's that's Han Solo. So he can carry him he can carry this movie. I kind of think we're gonna get some sort of passing the torch moment. To lead us into the second and third parts of this trilogy, and then wherever the expanded universe uh, goes from there. But I truly don't think you can base this film around too much of Mark Hamill and, and, and Carrie Fisher at this point. But Harrison Ford has has continued to be obviously a major part of our uh, film industry over the last thirty years, so I think that that can work. Uh, whereas the other side of that absolutely could not.
0: Uh, Richard, any thoughts on Harrison Ford? I mean, he's still Harrison Ford. I think he's got one or two left in him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you look at this cast and you look at um, the Star Wars franchise as it is right now, I think people, the, the general public, are hesitant about anything new Star Wars that comes out And uh, you know, after the prequels and, and such. Mm. And, uh, you know, you look at this and you're like, you know, the average person could be like, okay, I could maybe get on board with some of that. But there's not a person that's seen the the old films or the new films that doesn't want to see Harrison Ford return to the role of Han Solo. Like, that's the sure. one draw that this movie has to every single person that's a moviegoer. It's like, everybody wants to see him in this role again. Like, that's, that's the most exciting, I guess, news to even come out of all this, is that, holy crap, we're going to see freaking Han Solo on screen again. So, I think that Disney realizes that too, that, that an audience isn't necessarily guaranteed anymore, like it was for episode one because of the hype, you know, because there's going to be that hesitance that people are going to, you know, do I really want my Star Wars love to be ruined if this is bad type thing? So, I think they're taking less risk here by including Harrison in a, in a bigger role than, you know, relying on the newcomers. But I agree, Brian. I think it'll be a, a passing of the torch um type scenario and maybe he gives away the millennium falcon to his son or something at the end of the film it's like okay son it's all yours now right (laughs) that would be awesome something like that but you know it's all speculation at this point but director jj abrams uh released a statement and after they announced this cast and said we are so excited to finally start and uh share the cast of star wars with everybody it is a both thrilling and surreal to watch this beloved original cast and these new, brilliant performers come together to bring this world to life once again. We start shooting in a couple of weeks, and everyone is doing their best to make the fans proud. So I guess that's all you can really ask for from them. And uh, the, the table read was yesterday, the first table read for Star Wars Episode Seven, And, uh, man, super exciting, and uh, photos are already starting to come out of the cast together, and it's really, really um, getting, getting to that time. And uh, man, couldn't have asked for more, I guess.
0: I'm yep. I'm excited it was finally announced. I you know, Abrams is so odd with his uh, his secrecy request. I actually thought there was a remote chance that the entire movie would be filmed without us ever knowing who was in the cast until like <laughs> the trailer came out or something, you know? He's just so weird like that. It's fucking If nice it was to up to JJ
1: Abrams, I'm sure it would be like that. Yeah. But this is Disney too, you know. So I it'll be interesting to see what they do for marketing for this movie. He's he's very known for his spiral campaigns, the Super 8 and Cloverfield, and man, really going to be cool to see where they go uh, in the next year.
0: There's one more Star Wars thing I saw, which this means nothing to me, but apparently it will be kind of an original canon, right? They're not going to use the extended universe as much. Sure, we should mention that.
2: They're basically starting over from from where return of the jedi ended up at least as far as this trilogy is concerned because there's a ton of like books and tv series or cartoons and stuff like that that have taken place after the fact and they're basically throwing those out and saying we're starting over and they're kind of doing the marvel approach where you're going to have books and a tv series and things like that that all tie into this new uh and potentially improved expanded universe which is which is is working out quite well for for Marvel, so uh it's kind of the same people behind it, so you kind of think that could be something pretty uh pretty special,
1: yeah, they're basically saying that we're only gonna draw from the movies for these we're only gonna right. stay faithful to what to the original three films and i like, I'm assuming the prequels, and everything else that's ever been released is pretty much um not a part of the Star Wars universe anymore, technically. Right. I mean, it is, but it isn't. So it's just so fanboys, when the movie comes out, fanboys going to be like, well, in, uh, in uh, Revenge, of the, Revenge of the Clones, in, in Act 4, right. they specifically stated that this guy was born, you know. They're, right. they're just negating all that, and, and they're going to make up their own explanations for a lot of these probably same issues.
0: That was right. a really good Brian impression you just took.
1: <laughs> I've been working on it. It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, but yeah, it, I'm excited to see where they do with what they do with their own expanded universe here. And uh, man, Marvel started this thing off in oh eight and you know, look where it is now. So if if Star Wars can get, you know, to their level, I, I mean, with all the content and, and the T V show and the Netflix series and and the whole nine yards, I think not like Star Wars needs any more content out there that they like they already have, but It'll be interesting to see the, the stuff that comes out that actually is approved by the Abrams and, and people, you know. Uh, yeah. It'll be crazy to see if they release anything before the movie, uh, comic, maybe a comic leading up to the movie or something like that. But we'll keep our eyes out, and of course, we will let everyone know on the podcast. Before we jump into Inception Talk, guys, um, I, I believe you guys wanted to go over uh, the summer movie season. It's yeah. starting up this Friday. It officially kicks off with... With Amazing Spider-Man 2. So summer movie season starts this Friday, and we wanted to go through and sort of share our thoughts on the release calendar and, and talk about uh, what it's exciting us and what's not exciting us here for a few minutes. So if you guys want to get out your lists, and I'll get out mine, and Brian, why don't you share with us your most anticipated and least anticipated films of the summer? Sure.
2: Yeah, we should say, and I know Richard will echo my sentiments here, uh, not the best summer we've ever we've ever had at least from an anticipation standpoint it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of movies coming out like there's multiple weeks where July 4th you know your your options are so so limited on what you're going to be able to to see compared to years past when that used to be like the weekend for summer blockbuster sorts of movies so um, I'm a, I was a little disappointed looking ahead and kind of saying, "Yeah, there's some films me, I'm excited about," and, but there's overall not my uh, not my favorite uh, summer summer of all. Um, I, I listed out uh, five or six movies that I'm that I'm stoked about. I'll leave a couple of them to you guys because I know Kent uh, will will bring up one or two, and I I, believe, I don't want to we don't want to say like we should say we don't want to we don't want to have like the same three or four movies that we're excited about. We want to highlight a few different ones. So I'm gonna leave uh, I'm gonna leave one in particular to you. Uh, I am mo- more than any other movie this summer, and I'm shocked. I'm so shocked that I'm saying this. Uh, the movie that I'm most anticipated about this summer is, or most excited about, it, excuse me, is uh, is Godzilla, which. I never in a million years would have thought that I would feel that way. Uh, I just, I mean we. I thought we were done with Godzilla. I, I did not think I needed any more Godzilla in my life ever again. The trailers for that film, whoever put those, the uh, trailers together should be given all of the awards because it's just... Hold on. Is it this Godzilla trailer? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yes. I mean, that's the only yes. thing that could have made uh-huh, it better. Eddie. yeah, yeah. <laughs> The uh-huh. only thing that could have made this uh, new Come set of together now. Were, would be some puff daddy. So, uh, <laughs> uh, man, what a that is a missed opportunity. You're I like right. how
1: you just have that queued up, Richard. For <laughs> <laughs> every <When laughs> time gets brought up, he just hit the button. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, it's like go it's ringtone. Get- <laughs> <laughs> I call myself on my landline.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, uh Yeah. Man, I I want to echo that, Brian. That's. That's, I mean, seeing that guys, trailer in the theater is, yes. it gives you goosebumps. Yeah.
2: When they announced that movie, did y'all have any level of excitement as compared to, to how you feel now, now that you've seen a couple of trailers?
1: Like,
0: no, but you this, were on it early because you liked that director. You got me a little bit excited. That's
1: what made me excited is when I saw who's directing it. Right. right. It, uh, it really got me stoked because I'd seen monsters, which yeah. a good, is a great monster movie. Totally. But the the idea, I agree with you, Brian. The idea of revisiting Godzilla is not something that I needed cinematically in my life, really. Right. At all. Matthew,
2: Matthew Broderick covered it. We're done. Sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. But man, it's just what they've done here looks incredible. And the fact that it's in IMAX 3D is just gonna make it a whole nother level of a viewing experience, I think. Brian yeah. Cranston's involved, who's gonna be great. Of course, Aaron Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen. Are in it as a as a couple, and they play brother and sisters in Avengers Two, which we'll see here next year. But yeah, man, it's I'm I'm a, I'm very excited for that one too. It's actually not on my list, so I'm glad you brought it well, up.
2: Well, yeah, super stoked. That is a number one on my list of of movies that I'm stoked okay. about this summer. Number two. Wanna, oh, you want me to keep going? Yeah. Rota- uh, we yeah, rotate? Yeah. Let's let's rotate just okay. so that I don't take all the good ones or anything.
0: You know, everyone give their number one. Kent, what's your okay. number one of the movie? Number one anticipated. I, I have a feeling that. Number I know,
1: one but... anticipated is, is gonna come to no surprise to anyone who's a fan of our show, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I have no other reason for it to be not be number one after after what we've seen with Captain America The Winter Soldier. The direction totally. they're going in is the most exciting direction they've gone in since they started with Iron Man 1, and man, I'm I'm so, so excited to see what James Gunn is gonna do with this. I, like, There's no negativity towards this film coming out. Uh, everyone that's been involved with it, that's seen any of it, is just like, man, you guys are, are in for a treat. And it's coming out near the tail end of the summer. I'm surprised they're not doing it July 4th or something, but you've yeah. got to compete with Transformers, which is coming out the week before, which is probably the main reason that July 4th isn't really stacked. No one's going to want to compete with that movie because it's going to make a a jillion dollars. But man, guardians is huge because it's an original idea. It's not really taken from the, the Marvel cinematic universe as we know it currently, it's a new series they're introducing and the actors are great. And the, you know, every person that we've announced that's coming, that's come on board to the project it excites us. And the tone of the trailer is awesome. It's a great trailer to see on a big screen, and I just think this movie is going to translate really, really well to to a um, to an audience, a, a worldwide audience. I, I think this is going to be a surprise hit of the summer, if I was to if I was to guess. But that's my number one anticipated um, for me. So, Richard, what's your number one?
0: All right. Well, I hadn't really ranked them in terms of what I was most or least excited about, but I guess number one. <sighs> Uh, it's probably going to, yeah, it's got to be, uh, step up all in. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I didn't even know that was coming out. I would have put it on my list. <laughs> uh, let me look here. I'm going to go with, uh, Godzilla was on my list. So thanks a lot, Brian. Yeah. Um, I'll go with X-Men days of future past. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That one, that one nearly missed my list as well.
0: I, I don't know. I, I, Brian Singer makes me a little nervous the scope and kind of plot makes me a little nervous, but that last one was so good. First class was so awesome. Um, and kind of get, and then having McKellen and Stewart and Jackman join that crew excites me quite a bit. So yes, hopefully it's good. I, I'm not saying it's a, it's a slam dunk, but if that movie works, it could be a really fun comic book. And those X-Men movies, uh, aside from the, the rat man's uh, version was, was are all pretty good. So yeah. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, my only concern with, with Days of Future Past is, is it going to be too much? Yeah. Is there going to be just – is it just going to be a whole cluster of characters? And is the yeah. story going to remain cohesive like we saw in, in um, X-Men First Class? I, I hope they go more towards the direction they went in X-Men First Class and set it up for new characters rather than Return to the Old and the next X-Men Apocalypse, which is in 2016. Uh I want that one to be more young characters than the Patrick Stewart, and E. McKellen. Although they're great, and I think this will work um, from a story standpoint, I, I did like the direction that they were going with first class and hope they continue to do that in the future. So those are my initial thoughts. Brian, I know you're probably the biggest X-Men fan on the podcast. so
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super stoked, and I've said before, I think it's a very ambitious movie, and I, I appreciate that. I don't know if it's going to work. Just like you said, Richard, uh, there's a l- There's a lot going on uh, in in that movie for sure. It could very easily become overstuffed. But if they do pull it off, uh, I think it's going to be one for the ages, so to speak. So uh, I I appreciate a movie, especially a summer blockbuster comic book type movie, that really goes for it rather than just kind of sits back and and rests on its laurels like, I don't know, Man of Steel or or however many other – bad summer blockbusters we've uh, we've seen over the years i'm stoked that they are really gonna push the envelope and try to do something uh different and, and do something special so good good for them i'm that that would have been number two or three on my list for sure
1: so what's your other most anticipated brian uh
2: let's see i am i'm gonna take uh, i'm gonna take earth to echo which uh, is a little little sci-fi movie, definitely little sci-fi. I would love to see. I'm trying to find what the budget is on that, but it looks like it can't be just a whole lot. I'm a, I mean, I love sci-fi to begin with, obviously, but I'm I'm a sucker for that kind of uh, Goonies sort of sci-fi. Uh, Super Eight was great for me. I, I love that movie, and this kind of looks E.T. Like I I dig the. Uh, the idea, the concept, anyway, of, of the kids like a coming of age and,
1: sci-fi. Or yeah, thing, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: That's what I was trying to say. Thank you. Yeah, um, I like that bit, and I think it looks like they're going to use found footage in the same way that, like, Chronicle used found footage. which yeah. I think is the best found footage film, so I'm stoked about that. Um, it just looks like it could be a lot of fun for me. I, and uh, you know, I was I was cautiously optimistic just in the you know the announcement, but uh, having seen the preview and whatnot. Um, I, I, really dig what they're doing there and there's not a whole lot coming out at that, that time it's July 4th again, it's just such a weak, uh, year for it this time around. So it's going to have an opportunity to, uh, to make a little bit of money. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that it's going to be good. So yeah. I'm, I'm stoked about that.
1: It was actually supposed to come out last weekend. Okay. And I had actually yeah, had, yeah, pen- yeah, yeah, I had, right. had it pencil- yeah. penciled in for, for this podcast. We were supposed to be, you were doing earth to echo. But right. of course it got moved to July 4th. So that that's good news, I think yeah. as far as yeah, they they probably saw it and like, wow, this is a pretty good movie. We should put this in the summer and not just put it in throw it in April. Yeah. So yeah, it, it looks exciting. Um, what what else can you say? It does look, you know, very reminiscent of those old classic sci-fi films. So, right. I mean, the summer, those those movies define the summer for us really cinematically. So, Man, yeah, yeah, good, good call, good call. It for looks sure. fun.
2: It looks fun. Yeah, nothing
1: else. and that's that's uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. Good. Richard, what's another anticipated?
0: Um, I mean, I gotta go, not to do all sequels here, but um, a movie came out a couple years ago I really loved. I know you guys really loved it, um, and it's written by one of our favorite people, uh, based on a book that we love, and it's it's uh, Steve Harvey's Think Like a Man Two, <laughs> oh, um, man. a sequel with Kevin Hart. Um, directed by It's Kevin Hart, reuniting with Tim Story, um, his ride-along Finally. Um, p- partner in crime, yeah. so to speak, to to pardon the pun. Uh, but a movie that uh, I think... Really delves into the psyche of male and female relationships. I'm <laughs> seeing how long I can go. All right, I'm jokes done. over. There you go. How, yeah.
2: how does Steve Harvey have that much time
0: between hosting <laughs> Family Feud and his own talk show? And man, All right, I'm gonna go with uh, tw- guy in Hollywood. Another sequel that I actually am excited about: Twenty Two Jump Street. Cool. Sun's out, guns out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I saw that trailer for that. It looks it looks hilarious. I love Twenty One Jump Street. I did yes. it. That, I was the, one of the shockers of a few years ago. Yes, no yes. one thought that would be anything at all. That's amazing. No
2: question? Yeah, and that's one of the that's one of the funniest movies of the last five or six years. I think I love that movie. Totally hilarious, hilarious movie.
0: Why are you? Uh, why is it so high on your list, Richard? I to, to echo what you Earth to Echo to Echo what you guys were saying. Uh, very very much the same reason. It was such a surprise a couple years ago. I'm a sucker for Funny Jonah Hill. Um, Channing Tatum was a revelation. I'm excited to – those characters – you know, Dave Franco. Yeah, um, uh, yeah just uh, just excited to spend some time with those characters again. I, I couldn't decide between that and Neighbors, and I, I want to go with Neighbors because I, I tend not to like sequels. But uh, I love 21 Jump, 21 Jump Street that much, so I'm excited for 22.
1: Apparently Neighbors is – hilarious like, yeah apparently it is stupid funny i'm I'm excited for that too what i'm most excited about for 22 jump street is jonah hill like you said coming back to comedy but he had been doing drama for so long like he'd just come off wolf of wall street when he when he started doing a, and a, a movie called true story which is coming out in a mm-hmm. in a year or yeah. two and he so he had just done those back to back when he did 22 jump street so I think he like comedically he's just gonna let it all out on us <laughs> like all the comedy chops that he had built up uh, for doing those serious films he's gonna just uh, uh, unleash on us this summer. I'm really really excited to see where they go with 22 Jump Street. I it, it probably won't live up to the original, but you know you gotta have high hopes at least. So I want to mention my uh, next and most anticipated one, and you guys probably didn't put this on your list, but now, I'm actually very stoked about it. Rise of the Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. mm. um, because of Carrie Russell isn't it yeah and she I've fallen more in love with her this past year <laughs> than I had ever anticipated doing um, the Americans she is just perfect in that show in every way uh, she can really she can legitimately act she is a spectacular actress and she's definitely underutilized so man, her in this big summer blockbuster type film really excites me right now jason clark is taking the lead role who has who has some chops as too as well um he is known for zero dark 30 and greg gatsby and other stuff and i sandy circus said that the first 20 minutes of rise of the apes is completely silent and it's just all apes you know like 2001 a space odyssey style so man it's gonna be cool to see where they go with this you know the apes the dawn of the Planet of the Apes like a few years ago with Franco, although Franco was bad in that movie, people were probably pretty surprised about how good that movie was considering it was like a $50 million movie and it looked great and um, it was definitely a take on the story that nobody had seen before. So, you know, the apes are getting more powerful and I'm excited to see how powerful they become by the end of this film. I think this is going to be another surprise hit of the summer too, as well. I think people have forgotten about how good Rise of the Planet of the Apes was. So, uh, that, that one's on my list. I'm not sure if you guys put it on yours, but it's on mine.
0: I forgot all about it. I'm excited.
2: Yeah. I didn't love the first one all that much, but I was impressed with, uh, man, how well it did for, on such a small budget, especially like the effects were so great, um, for, for a small budget. And, uh, Hey, if you can replace James Franco with Gary Oldman and Kerry Russell and Jason Clarke, then you're probably uh, probably doing something right. So yeah, I'm I'm much more excited about that one than I am than I was the uh, the first one. That's for sure.
1: You want to, You guys want to mention one one more um, anticipated one real quick before we do least anticipated?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll give you. A, um, I I mean summer movies for for us is. At least in my mind is is uh, is fun is big big blockbuster sort of thing and I love that stuff. But last year, like my one of my top three movies of the whole year came out during the summer, uh, and it was certainly not that way. That was you know the way way back, which is on HBO now. By the way, if you have HBO and you haven't seen that, you need to check it out. Um, so I'm gonna pick like a, a, a smaller movie that doesn't seem to fit in summer, but I'm 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 stoked about, and that is Jon Favreau's Chef. Have you guys seen the previews? Yeah. For, uh, for this. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm stoked. I, I, I don't know that I'm... I think the fact that that found a spot in my top three or four probably speaks a little bit to how weak this summer is. But that said, um, I love Jon Favreau. I'm excited to see him return to something on a smaller scale than like Iron Man and Cowboys and Aliens, which has pretty much dominated his docket for the last few years. Uh, I'm excited to see him do something smaller. Um, and it looks like a, a, a pretty... Personal sort of movie, and also I love food, so I'm excited to see uh, to see that that concept play out with the food truck and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I was I was very uh, surprised by by the tone
0: of the the trailer that I saw, and I'm, I'm I'm excited about that one now. You know you know what I love about John Favreau. Say, you do get, say uh, you get uh, and this I'm not talking about skinny 1996 John Favreau. I'm talking yeah. about larger 2014. John Favreau, in the trailer if you watch it, ex-wife Sophia Vergara, <laughs> yeah, yeah, new love interest Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. Johansson, yeah, right,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> best be friend great. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: he is, he's one of my favorite people of all time. He, he's future Where's American better? treasure status, and um, I'm talking about Favreau, and he, um, he, it's a departure for him after you know being involved with Marvel for quite a while.
0: Right. Really but, kicking that whole thing off doesn't get enough credit.
1: Yeah, he did. He did do Iron Man one and two. Those were huge movies. But it's it's going to be cool to see him do sort of a smaller type film, like a swingers budget type movie. Yeah. And he is definitely a capable actor. I mean, people forget how you know. I mean, he's known for his directing probably, but he's definitely a capable capable actor. And uh, this movie is getting great reviews as well. People are it is. people are really really liking it. So. That'll be a perfect one for a midsummer, you know, great little fun movie. I hope, hopefully that one is in the conversation later in the year. Hopefully we're still talking about that one because I'm anticipating it too. So I want to mention my uh, last one. And when I think of summer, I usually think of big blockbuster action movies, uh, popcorn, you know, movies you don't really have to concentrate on too hard. And so as an adult, as somebody who has started this podcast and, uh, you know, my love for cinema has grown exponentially over the past you know, five, six years or whatever. Um, I'm really excited about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, guys. I don't know about y'all. I just – I like from a pure, like visceral summer blockbuster, like greasy hands type movie, this is it for me. Um, I think that the, the characters, the turtles – work very well on the big screen and certainly they've left a lot to be desired over the past 20 years with the animated film and you know, the, the TV show that's currently out. And of course the, the Jim Henson produced ones back in the, back in the day, but I think this could work with CGI. It'll be cool to see where they go with the villain. Uh, William Fitchner as shredder is kind of interests me. Uh, The fact that Michael Bay's involved, but he's not directing also kind of excites me because his visual style is great, but sometimes he doesn't know how to direct a movie. Uh, Megan Fox is always great in action movie. You can't complain there when you get to watch her run around for 2 hours. Um but like I'm not expecting to be like man 95% like this is good as the Avengers type thing, you know, <laughs> but um it can't be any worse than than any of the TM TMNT movies we've gotten in the past. Um and you know this is a movie that's been meaning to be made for a quite a while since technology has come so far in the past 15 years since the last turtles movie came out so i mean that's on my list just i I just mentioned that as a turtles fan as somebody who grew up with the turtles it um it's about time that they get a a a real movie that's my that's my opinion but i don't i know you guys aren't (laughs) excited about it brian you are i think you like the turtles Mm -hmm. I
2: love the turtles, and that's why I'm not excited about this movie. Like, I, I would love to – you're right, Kit. Like, this is a this is source material that definitely is begging for an update. I hate that they're messing with the origin story and, and all that sort of thing. That drives me insane. And I know that that is somewhat hypocritical because I'm one of the ones who said, like, the best part of Man of Steel was when Superman broke the code of Superman and, and, and murders a guy. Like, that was – I totally dug that, but I'm not a Superman fanboy, so I got why that that was important for, or a, a good departure for that story or this new franchise. So I realized that that's hypocritical to, to say that and then to complain vigorously about messing with the origin stories of the the turtles. But I love the turtles, and I don't, I don't, I don't want them to be aliens and such, which is clearly is is the, the direction that they're going. Um, it very much bothers me i
1: i i wish i could be with you can't it just i don't think they're it, aliens i think that was a rumor i think that the, was the goo is still involved i think the goo yeah, is from a is, cause has cause is, of origin though
2: there's something weird going on i, I saw the trailer and i've tried to, i i've really tried to avoid it because i honestly it made me it was making me angry but um there was something in the trailer that i was just like no that's not right i'm not i'm and i and now i can't get i i just can't get that that thought out of my out of my head. I wish that I could be with you, but I am dreading when we have to see that movie, honestly.
1: Oh man, I'm not dreading it at all. I'm oh, going go to I'm going to go to movie you. tavern and get like eight like swamp things. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's going to be it's going to be uproarious. I'm, I'm excited. With
0: you, I'm excited too. And, like I
1: it's total like not expecting anything out of it type movie, but I'm still really excited about seeing it. Uh what, do, what one more you want to
0: mention Richard? Yeah, I mean, i just... You know, briefly over the, the history of cinema, uh we've had a lot of great duos. Um Hepburn and Tracy, Abbott and Costello, Sterren Rogers, Depp and White Face Paint. God. And now uh, <laughs> I hate you. We have one more to kinda add to the uh add to the you know, just great comic duos of history, and that's um Sandler and Barrymore. <laughs> and with Wait, they, they're
1: not already comic legends of
0: <laughs> they are, but they're definitely once you have your third film together, yeah, 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 that's when it stamps. And and uh, with the wonderful, wonderful wedding singer, the 10 times more wonderful 51st dates, <laughs> you can only imagine that it will keep growing expen- exponentially, especially with Sandler's career really peaking over the last three to four years and really doing interesting and thought provoking comedy. And you throw a trailer that is mind-blowing out there um blended Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore can't wait oh, I made it man. through that one guys you um you know what I'm gonna throw a weird one out there um I I uh I did not care too much for 42 the Jackie Robinson movie obviously yeah uh great story to tell I didn't care for the movie very much and obviously draft day was was uh the the, the word does not yet exist for how bad draft day was <laughs> uh at least that I can it's, say on this podcast <laughs> Um, but uh, Chadwick Boseman an interesting actor, and I love—I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm a huge James Brown nut, and I'm excited for Get On Up, which comes out this summer, which is a James Brown biopic. Yeah, with Chadwick Boseman.
2: I didn't realize it was coming out this summer. I didn't yeah. see it on my uh, on my calendar. Cool. Yeah, that's a Ch- Boseman's Thanks. awesome. That guy's great. Yeah, I mean he's in
1: Draft Day, so. Right. I mean his pedigree speaks for himself. <sighs> that's cool. I didn't know that was this summer. Also, this summer is Jersey Boys. Yeah, of Clint, Eastwood e- Clint Eastwood's version, which was a John John Favreau project for the longest time, but I'm assuming he passed it off to Clint Eastwood and made Chef instead on his it's, own time. Uh, but. I've
0: heard that the I mean the play is very successful, but uh, the the film version takes a weird turn in the third act when um, Eastwood just sings to a chair for 23. <laughs> <laughs> last summer, when I was in the UK, saw it um, live, and man, it was I had an awesome time. Seeing yeah, that and, that's uh, great. That like Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons type music is oh, it's so great. Man. It's so good. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I'm legit excited to see a musical this summer. I never thought I would say that. But, <laughs>
0: yeah, um, Jersey Boys is
1: really good. Cool. So, um, I'm going to mention my least anticipated real quick here before we move on and talk Inception, guys. Um, definitely doesn't excite me at all. I'm going to mention two this weekend: Amazing Spider-Man two. Not really stoked about seeing it. Um, and I'll, I will expand on my thoughts next week when we review that movie. Um, but the one I want to mention for real, and this is the worst trailer maybe of the past f- at least five years for me. Um, Jupiter Ascending Ugh, with God. Channing Tatum and Mila yeah. Kunis. This is the Wachowskis. Not the, not the, they're not brothers anymore. They're the Wachowskis now. Um, <laughs> but it looks absolutely horrible. Um, Channing, Tatum, I don't know what they're doing with Channing Tatum in this movie. Um, they're like speaking in weird accents again. The visuals just look so fake and CGI'd. Um, Mila Kunis clearly can't lead a film. She hasn't proven to anyone that she can do such um, great supporting actress. She can do she did great in Black Swan, you know, but uh, everything since then has been abysmal from her. And um, man, <laughs> it, this trailer, guys. It's you, horrible. It awful. It's like the worst. I haven't I, seen it. I need to. Richard. Dude, oh, my All right, gosh. It,
2: <laughs> I, I'm going to jump in, Kate, because that, that's number one on my list as well of, <laughs> of films that I am not anticipating to see. And we're going to have to see it. Like, that's a weekend when we're that's what we're going to have to watch. And I could not be less enthused about a movie. I, it's so funny, like, when the – there was a teaser released first, you know, a very short teaser and the internet of fanboys blew up with, man, you, uh, you gotta love the Wachowskis. Uh, and I, I was like, no, no, you don't at all. Like they (laughs) haven't done anything since 2000. That was of any value whatsoever to me. And I don't, I don't understand. And then the trailer hit and no one said anything and it's, and I'm like, yeah, because that movie looks awful and I'm sure it costs $200 million just like Cloud Atlas costs an insane amount of money, um, this could be it for them, honestly. Like, this could be the yeah. the, the nail in the coffin because you, you can't expect studios to keep handing money over to them when Cloud Atlas did not do well, Speed Racer was a major, huge flop, the last two Waitrix movies, no one, no one likes those movies. So this, this could be the end of it for them, and
1: it looks hopefully horrible. It looks so bad. Yeah, it does, and P- and it's like it's coming out like what weeks after Twenty Two Jump Street. Yeah, so I mean that'll probably still be out. So people are like, oh, do we want to see Channing Tatum in Twenty Two Jump Street or this crappy Wachowski movie? Yeah, um, it's just not the right time. It, everything about it looks bad. So I'm yeah.
2: surprised it's on your list, Kent, because you really you you seem like you really dug Cloud Atlas. I didn't I,
1: really dig Cloud Atlas. I see like. Um, psychological significance in Cloud Atlas, but that's it. I mean, it's not a cohesive... Like, the first hour of the movie, literally, it's a three-hour movie. The first hour makes no sense at all. Like, there's no story <laughs> until the, the second hour. So if yeah. you can get through that, it's a watchable movie. It's definitely um, not up to, you know, their um, level of the Matrix or anything like that. But, Ugh. I mean, I would give Cloud Atlas probably a C grade. Yeah. But... um Man, this does not have me any any more excited. Like there's at least some interesting stuff in Cloud Atlas, like what they do with the multiple characters and stuff. Like this just looks like they just crapped out. Like let's put let's put uh, elf ears on Channing Tatum. That, <laughs> that that's his costume, literally that's all it is. is just put elf ears on him. <laughs> and like a weird, like slicked back, like Orlando Bloom Legolas hairdo. Oh man, it looks absolutely awful, but I'm done talking about it. Uh Richard, what's your what's your least anticipated and we'll move on?
0: Uh, just because, uh, I'm, I'm tired of it, um, this bit, and I, I seem to be the only one on this island, so some of you may be, may differ with me on this, but, uh, Tammy? Do you guys know what Tammy is? <laughs> no.
2: I, I saw who was in it, and I, I figured it might make an appearance for me. I, I have no idea what the movie was about, other than what the post. It's
0: was. a, it's a McKay and Farrell joint, and they're, the, the supporting cast, um, is, you know, maybe future American treasure Allison Janigan. Not Allison Janigan. Allison uh, What's her name? Janie. Janney. Allison Janie, uh, who we love and uh, all that good stuff. But uh, it stars Melissa McCarthy falling down a whole bunch.
1: <laughs> I saw an article like
0: yesterday on
1: USA Today or somebody. Why is Melissa McCarthy – the? it was like a, a, a just a, a link or whatever, headlines. Yeah. Like, why is Melissa McCarthy the most popular actor in the world? Click yeah. this link. I was like, most popular <laughs> actor in the world. People Are You thinking crazy? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like, yeah. if, if she was in a in like a target here, <laughs> not, not even half the people would recognize her, her as a famous. Like, she, she's, she's not that fine not, I, not that. Like, famous. I
0: like her when she acts. Um, I think she has talent, and I she can be sympathetic and f- funny in a subtle way, and I think she's talented. But like this weird. Like Chris Farley arc that her characters that her career has taken the last four to five years since Bridesmaids is just like I don't know brides to me Bridesmaids is funny in spite of her not yeah. because of her <laughs> and you know every time she goes to SNL she literally just does sketches with her falling downstairs and people like fall over laughing like it's Buster Keaton and <laughs> it's just not funny to me like I don't know what that that is not the I. There's definitely a place for her in Hollywood, but that is not it. And this movie looks like a, a whole whole lot of that. So I could be proven wrong, but I'm so tired of that um, Melissa McCarthy bit, so I'm going to go with Tammy as my uh, least uh, looked forward to film of, of I,
2: 2014. I'm going to change your opinion with two words. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Dan Aykroyd. Nope, still out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: thought so for sure that would do it for you, right?
0: <laughs> Dan Aykroyd is the Wachowskis of comedic actors. It's like, well, we can trust that guy. And it's like, really? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. The last thing I remember was Soul Man in nineteen fifty five on ABC, and that sucked. Yeah, hey, obviously,
1: obviously awesome. you didn't see Blues Brothers 2000. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah,
1: All right, yeah. guys, man, we're that gonna really... have to see what this summer because mm-hmm. it doesn't doesn't look good. I think we all did anticipate this last summer. Um, last summer was huge. This summer, of course, is going to take one off because next summer is so huge. Twenty fifteen. Um, so <laughs> it's. I mean, Why did some of these co- some of those studios dump a couple of their movies in this summer? Like
2: we are not going to know what to do our, with ourselves in two thousand fifteen <laughs> and in two thousand fourteen. There's there's
0: several weeks where I was like, there's maybe a we'll lot do of a throwback episode. I don't know. I'm not really stoked about any of these. And people are like up to go. It's just leaving money on the table. It seems like. Yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of Oscar caliber movies coming out this fall, and that'll be another conversation. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there will be a, a good helping of great films this year, so I'm not worried at all. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business, or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis... Soy glazed pork and rice cakes. Skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits. Holy crap. And garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Uh, All right, guys. Let's move on. Let's throw it back and talk Inception. It's called Inception. I'm ready. I think I found a way home, and this last job—that's how I get there. So before we jump into our specific review, guys, I just want to get a gauge of um, your general thoughts about Inception. Uh, Kind of tell us about the first time you saw the movie, uh, how you felt about it the first time you saw it, and how your affection has changed um, in the past four years. So Brian, just give us your initial thoughts of Inception and talk to us about your experience seeing the film.
2: Yeah. I love inception. Um, I was looking back at, I've kept film nerd. Uh, I've kept a a list, basically a ranking of, uh, of every film that I've seen since in, in each year, since, uh, 2004. And, uh, I look back and I, I think, I, I think inception is one of five movies that I've given a, a perfect score to, um, I, I consider it to be a, a sci-fi masterpiece um, and I, I just I, – I don't watch it that often um, because I – well, A, it's very long and it is kind of a, a – not a slog to get through but it's, it's not something that I just put on in the background because I, I find myself getting drawn into it every time I do watch the movie. Um, and it's just such a, a, a man, it's just so well made but anyway uh, I, I haven't watched it all that often and, and part of that is I don't want the um, it's I can't really call it a mystery because you know where it's going to end up but I don't want the effect of the movie to to ever wear off on me um, and that's that's a for me that's very high praise um high praise high praise that's high praise um no it, it's a it's a magnificent film. Um, I've probably watched it three times since the theater, and I've always come away just thoroughly impressed with the, the the degree of difficulty that Nolan took on with the whole movie and how well he he pulled it off. I saw it in at like a. I, It was either a midnight showing or like a, you know, a a pre-midnight showing, like an 11 o'clock showing or something um, when it first opened. And I remember the theater was just on fire. Like the air conditioner was broken. We ended up getting like free passes to come back again or something. But in some way, very much the same way that like uh, when you and I saw Gravity, the theater was just freezing. Like it was 30 degrees in the theater. For some reason, um, I kind of feel like the heat in the theater kind of – made the film experience even better for me just because it's, it's, it is such an intense, uh, it's such an intense movie. And I don't know, there was something about the atmosphere that I was in that kind of added to that, that impact. But anyway, uh, I think it's a, obviously, I think it's a great movie. I, I actually think it's a masterpiece. That's the word that I hold on to. Like I will go over and over, over the top with, uh, with hyperbole, um, but I will all that's like the one word that I will reserve for, uh, for the truly great films. And I, I, I absolutely believe that that's what this, this is.
0: Yeah. Richard. Uh, first off, Brian, so MacGruber masterpiece or not? Absolutely. Comedic okay.
2: masterpiece for sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: No question. Um, no, um, I saw this as well at a midnight showing. I don't remember, uh, whom I saw it with though. I don't. I remember it being late at night. I think it was I think I was all with John Mark, our friend John Mark, for a shout out on the show. Um and uh yeah, I remember it, it was right uh in the middle of that whole obviously Dark Knight had come out a mm. year or two years before. 2 years, yeah. 2 years before. So it was the first Nolan movie I had seen since and so it was kind of I kind of at least the first time I saw it watched it with this kind of um casting eye for what uh, what i thought would be the greatest movie ever the dark the dark Knight rises yeah uh so uh so it was interesting there Uh, i remember it was i think the first time i ever saw tom hardy Mm. and just loved that performance i think that's the performance of the movie to me um even though leo's spectacular and and joseph gordon levitt's great but uh yeah i mean that's a a rare thing right Is seeing you know uh these great movies uh bubble up every now and then um but to see someone kind of go back to back like that with dark knight and inception both i think on the same level certainly and and just crush it it's kind of a to me that's like what it must have been like when like revolver and sergeant pepper came out you know this is kind of exhilarating time to be like wow i'm alive while this is happening this is so cool um uh those moments don't come out uh don't come very often, and and so exception yeah. was very exhilarating for that. Uh, I, it was on the other night on TNT. I got lucky, got to watch it very. Uh, it was on like midnight after a, uh, I think after the Blazers Rockets game. Blaze on, and uh, <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I think it it still holds up. So yeah, I think that movie will always hold up. There's something, the technology in it. Isn't uh, really of any time. Yeah, so it's like a briefcase and a wire. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, it'll always. I don't think Inception will ever be, like, dated in a weird way. It's like this kind of time capsule of a movie. No, no, pardon me, the opposite of a time capsule of a movie. Uh, Yeah, kind of. The more you watch, the more you think about it. I don't find the plot to be. I get frustrated with people that are like it's too complex yeah
2: yes yes
0: like uh producer steven who's one of the smartest people i know will just can't get through it and it's like it's not this is a pretty simple this is probably the simplest christopher nolan script it's not that hard you just gotta under, you know they explain it very well um even if the concepts you think are are tough they're explained you know inc- impeccably unlike something like transcendence uh which we discussed. So. Uh hold on, my computer is making my flowers grow. Hold on. Let me <laughs> <laughs> control alt delete. Uh, all right. Yeah, okay, you're okay good. yeah. You're good. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, I had uh my vines were getting out of control. Um <laughs> But uh yeah, so I it, it's just a it's 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 one of those movies that completely you know, it might be the movie of my twenties when I like think back. It just is a very uh like a beacon in that, in that time, certainly. So Kent, what about you? I mean, you kind of went a little bit, but yeah, I'd love to hear more.
1: So I don't remember specifically seeing this movie in a theater. Um, it was 2010. So I wasn't home a lot during that year. It was July, Mm -hmm. 2010. I'm pretty sure I didn't see this movie until it came out on, on, on video or Blu-ray, but man, my love for the dark Knight and Batman begins and, um, Christopher Nolan's other work is just um I can't describe it. I mean, I love The Prestige and of course Memento and and Following and you know, he's he's a spectacular spectacular director. And so my anticipation was huge when this movie came out. And uh, man, like you said, Richard, uh, to have this right after The Dark Knight, it's like holy crap. And that's probably what led to a lot of my <laughs> dislike toward the dark knight rises which i mentioned multiple times on the show we will probably do a throwback sometime eventually about for the dark knight series but the to go from those two to the dark knight rises was was quite a down a downgrade but this is an original idea written by christopher nolan directed by christopher nolan and just that the fact that this is a a one-man job mm. is uh, quite impressive Um, I agree with you, Richard, and it's something that I wanted to mention specifically on this episode. And because I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this, like confused about the plot. They do explain a lot, a lot of the plot issues that people have in the film. You just have to pay attention. Uh, what helped me the last screening, and this might help you if you're having, having problems with it is watch the movie with the subtitles on. It Mm -hmm. really does help you. And, um, I mean, this is a beautifully, beautifully crafted screenplay. I mean, the exposition, oh, yeah. the first – almost the first half of the movie is all is, – is explaining the dreams and what the mission is going to be and how they're going to do it. Um, so, so watch it with the subtitles on, and it might help you, especially uh, when uh, one of the characters <laughs> – uh, his name is uh, Santo – no, S-Saito Saito in, in the yeah. film – uh, a lot of his lines are quite hard to understand sometimes, and sure. he he is a very important part of the plot, so you definitely uh just for his character alone probably need the subtitles on to get his those plot points in but man, it really isn 't too complicated. I mean the movie starts out in reality. we know that right mm-hmm. so the all, the whole first like I mentioned first third is pretty much in reality, so they get on the, um, get on the airplane to go into the dreams. And then dream level two is when they're in the car. And right. uh, Yusuf, the chemist, is the one driving the van. And uh, he, he's, his job is to drive the van off the bridge and to kick in the music um, when the timer goes off uh, so that everybody will wake up. So that's what he's doing the whole movie. Um, if there's any confusion about what happens to him, he stays in the car, drives the van, and eventually goes off the bridge. Um, Spoiler alert at the end. You probably know spoilers if you're listening to this episode anyway. But um, so, I mean, it's not too – I mean, the the dream levels in the movie – there are several dream levels. There are four levels of dreams in the movie before level five, which is limbo, which you never get out of because you're too far into dreams. Um, They're very clearly established here um, Mm -hmm. through the use of settings. They're all very distinctly different settings. So there's really no confusion about whether they're in one level or another uh, because they can be to- told apart easily by just the settings. Uh, one is the elevator hotel place, which is where the epic fright scene takes place. You just Gordon-Levitt in the rotating room. The next, Dream Level 3, is the is the mountains or, or where they're skiing. And Dream Level 4 is um, Cobb's sort of um nightmare level with all the like burnt down buildings and stuff falling into the ocean and so that's one level away from limbo so i mean it's clearly established here Um pay attention to it and you know every time i watch this movie i just i become so much more involved in the story and um it, it really is easier to understand every single time you watch it Um but for me it's not so complicated is it is it for you brian I think it's
2: very complex, but not not. It's like you guys said. It's so well, it's so detailed and so well explained that it's not. It it should not be something that is un, that you're not able to follow. I think there's a difference in those two things. I think it is a complex story that they're trying to tell of like just the the general idea of like we're putting something into your brain before you think it. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like it it, it is complex, but I don't think that that has to be uh complicated.
1: I think that's totally sense. based in I think like this movie is so well known for being like an extravagant sci-fi film, but so yeah. much for me of this movie is so based in real mm-hmm. technology and right, reality. Totally, totally, like this yeah. movie could totally this could totally be like a secret government wing, like dream yeah. like if you can figure out how to subconsciously plant stuff into people's minds that you know they're going to dream about that stuff, like that's a right. real phenomenon. So I, yeah. I,
2: I honestly think that's why some people have trouble with it because it's not. You can't. It, there's like something in your brain that will not let you um, accept that because it is so present day and so real and so there's no like. It would be very easy, I think, to, for for Nolan to have thrown in like some random piece of technology that we don't have, and just like, oh, and have like one sentence of explanation. Oh, this does this. Oh, okay. And then, for some reason, I think that makes some people's brains accept that a little easier. Does that make sense? Like, I mm-hmm. think I think you can reject what you see right in front of your eyes, which is what this movie presents you. Unless you have something that uh, kind of justifies that in your in your own mind, I, personally, that's what I not for me, obviously. But I I feel like I've seen other people that or, or other people that I've seen this movie with or have recommended it to, and then they didn't care for it or couldn't couldn't get past like like you guys said, like this is a very present real movie um, that just happens to be involved. You know, it just happens to involve like a very complex sci-fi sort of. Um, it's almost a subplot in some ways, but, uh, but you know, the the concept is, is so, it's just, it's so out there, but it's based in a real world. And I think people have trouble wrapping their brains around that on some, there's like a block or something that, that people have with that.
1: Yeah. Richard, any thoughts on the premise of inception?
0: Uh, no, I mean, not at all. I think it's, it's, uh, it's certainly easier to understand the memento. I always tell people that they can understand. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that then don't even bother right and 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 uh it's you know it's kind of surface level um the philosophy of of inception is kind of standard stuff i mean i don't think there's anything too uh upsetting about it brian but i think i think you guys are right that the, the I, this is a this is not even particularly far-fetched sci-fi and this is uh you know pretty easy to understand. Pretty easy to uh, relate to and yeah. and understand as as real. Can't, like you're you're absolutely right. I mean, more than any other movie I can think of. If you if you told me, I mean, this is far more realistic than uh, a billionaire dressing in in you know uh, Kevlar and fighting crime, dressed as a bat. Yeah. Um. Uh, right. You know, it's uh, dealing with the subconscious is something that um, even you know groups like Scientology and things like this do. This is kind of it, you know, these are kind of simple psychological uh, principles. So I think, yeah, the, on that on that front, in, that the plot relies on that is is uh, is moot. But the the interesting plot to me is this relationship that that DiCaprio's character has um, with his past and his his family. That's kind yeah. of the crux of the movie to me, and that's where it gets complex, right? Um, right. How much of it is real to him? Uh, from there but the actual plot the heist you know it's essentially a heist in a dream it's right. the heist movie in a dream uh, that part's not I don't think I, I don't struggle with that part philosophically or even logically Does that makes sense
1: yeah and there's debate about um, Dom Cobb the character the extractor Leonardo DiCaprio about you know his motivations etc and um, for me it's pretty clear um through a lot of this like people are are just so confused by this movie um so much um but for me it's just um it's not very confusing i don't know what what else to say uh, about that there is you know like the the ending we're smart i mean i'm not i'm not necessarily (laughs) smart like i just don't find this to be i find the dark knight to be more complicated in some aspects than this sure but there's um debate at the end um, again, we're in spoiler territory now. There's a whole conversation about the the spinning top or the, the totem at the end. Uh, but for me, there's no argument that he's not – that he's not it's still in limbo. Like I don't think – there's no way he's back in reality because in order to go back to reality, he would have had to A, gotten the kick, which didn't happen, or B, um, you have to go through each other dream level to get back to reality um, because – Once you're in limbo, you're stuck in limbo forever, and like, the way time doubles itself or triples itself through every level of a dream, what did they say? It's like five minutes on Earth is equivalent to, uh, like I don't know, years in uh, in limbo. So I mean I think he's still in the dream at the end. I don't see any argument there, but I mean of course somebody is probably going to email us in and be like, if you look at Act 3 (laughs) in minute 45 – Again, why is Brian emailing the show? I don't know.
2: It's the only guys. You get, it's the only way you guys will take my calls.
1: I text you, you don't listen. <laughs> but what? What, are you, what is y'all's interpretation of the spinning totem at the end? Is there a, is there a question for you about what that means? Or I mean, I guess you have to leave it open ended like that. You can't just wrap this up into a bow. I mean, that's what this movie is meant to meant to be discussed. I guess right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I accept that he. Got home and is not in limbo, but I don't have any defense of that belief. That's nice. Other... Sort
0: of think about as the protagonist, right? Yeah, it. yeah. Other,
2: that's what I was gonna say. Other than like just the general concept of like we want a happy ending. You know what I mean? So I, I, I accepted that as he's he's out. Um, but you know, you, you make a compelling argument, Kent. Much more compelling than mine of just yeah, I think you know. Um, yeah but uh, but I did I, I love the way that it ended because I, I, it did prompt discussion and kind of left the the audience the first time I saw it you know there's a full packed house at 11 o'clock and by now it's like one o'clock or whatever and everybody's just like oh you know you kind of get that that suck in of air or whatever um, yeah I think it was a it was a cool way to end it and it whether I mean you like I said can't you made a much more compelling argument but one way or the other it's a Movies like it, – it's fun when a movie like ends that way and gives you yeah. something to talk about um, instead of just 100 percent just wrapping everything up in a nice tidy bow.
1: Uh, what did you guys think about the other actors in this? I mean there's some great performances in this movie. DiCaprio, of course. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, whose character Arthur basically serves as um, exposition. I mean his <laughs> character is just explaining stuff the whole entire right. time, which um, is very necessary in movies like this. Um, but, um, every single character has a role here they all i mean they all have a nickname the chemist, the forger, the mark, the extractor, the architect, the tourist it's um quite impressive again for Mr. Nolan to include those and make them all cohesively work like like every question that comes up about dreaming, like how do we go into another dream once we're in a dream, and then he has a guy for that, you know that yeah thing. I love that. And, like, pretty much almost every question you could ask about um, subconscious uh, planting ideas, like, he answers beautifully. Um, but, I mean, it's, like I said, it's totally based in reality. And my only question regarding it is how, once you're in the dream, like, from the airplane, you know, they hook up the guy to the machine and they're in the dream. How do they bring the machine and the sedatives into dream level two? Like, how do you, how do you transfer physical objects into the dream into a dream world. Like, if there are, are they subconsciously planting the physical objects in the dream world? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. once you're in dream level one, how do you get to dream level two? Um, because in the van, I mean, they're on the plane. They get to the van to go to dream level two, and uh, they use the, 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 the sedative. Like, how do they get the sedative? How do they bring it with them through the dream? That's my question, I guess. Um, sure. But I'm guessing there's an explanation in there somewhere. I just didn't catch it. I mean, I'm sure it's explained because it's such a big... Big plot point, but my, one of my favorite parts in the movie, and I didn't really catch it until most recent uh, recent viewing is the kick, or when the music is set to go off to to get everybody to wake up. Um, the 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 way it goes through all the different dream levels is awesome. I I hadn't really noticed it much before uh, when the van goes off the bridge and the physics change in all the levels, and it's cutting mm-hmm. back and forth between the two. Man, there are so many sequences in this film that are just um, timeless masterpiece, like iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film, I mean, the sequence that's probably most recognizable in the film, besides the Joseph Gordon-Levitt fra- zero gravity fight scene, is the architect is is DiCaprio talking to Ellen Page, and they're in, in they're inside Ellen Page's dream, and he's telling her to make the maze and to explaining how she can construct dreams. Uh, wow, what an incredible sequence it is! And when the yeah. when the street folds over and they walk on the the new street and all the the fruit baskets start exploding into the sky and everything, such a creative uh, idea there! And like just the artistic execution of this movie is just is phenomenal. And Wally Pfister needs to give uh, give a round of applause to him because he what shot this here? movie and it is. Absolutely in, incredible work of cinematography. Yes. This is this is a Best Picture nominee, by the way. This movie, and you can totally wow. like make an argument that this could have been a Best Picture winner. Like when it's all said, like people are going to talk about this movie for a long, long time. Like they do for Back to the Future in the '80s. Like it wasn't even in the Oscar conversation or anything. But like as far as sci-fi and like iconic films, that was one of the big ones. But man, Inception is. Quite, quite up there. It's one of my favorite DiCaprio performances ever, yeah, too. It totally. really is. It's very underrated on on his part, but
2: he's spectacular. Uh, for me, uh, Richard, you mentioned Tom Hardy. For me, uh, Marion Cotillard. Kind of, mm-hmm. she does. She is so creepy, um, but. Like everything that she does is like bordering on on a horror movie, but it never steps past that line into you know into that level. It just kind of stays in this like creepy, suspenseful, um, very aggressively intense portion of the of the film. And I think she I think she deserves more credit than she got. I, I was looking back in my kind of research for this pod, um, and I I had put her in my list of like top 10 performances of the year, even though she's really only in the movie for like 15 or 20 minutes, um, at very, you know, very short periods of time. But, uh, gosh, I just think she, I don't know if I'm sure that this movie could have been just as good as it is without her. So she's not, it's not like an MVP sort of thing, but every scene that she's in, um, she, she's bringing something that, uh, I, I guess I do think that the film would be, would be missing without her. She's just so very good um, in, in this role. And I mean, she's a great actress, regardless, but I think she this might be her best performance, and it's in such a small small scale that I, you know you, you could very easily forget about um, without a really great performance.
1: Yeah, her next movie is, is Macbeth.
2: So, ah, yeah.
1: which is she's filming right now with, with Michael Fassbender? So she Lady Macbeth. She is, oh, yes. President. So I mean, it's going to be a big, big role. I'm sure we'll see. But man, it's this is a great film, and you know what? This movie just set the bar so high. I think that's that's what this movie did for sci-fi. Like mm. name a name a sci-fi movie that's come out since then that's been like up to this level. You know, there it just right. hasn't been. This is just. It's not even science fiction because, I mean, some of it sh- to me is based in reality. If anything, this movie drastically changed the way trailers have been created <laughs> since since 2010. Like name a, a, an action movie trailer that didn't have <laughs> blah in it, yeah. you know? I mean that's yeah. – the, the way the trailers are – the movies are <laughs> – action movies are marketed now has completely changed thanks to Inception. So, man, just in a – uh, masterful work of of an original idea from Christopher Nolan. Great execution here, and uh, he's got a lot to live up to with his original work. We'll see with with Interstellar mm-hmm. here coming up this Ugh, fall. Cannot
0: wait. Cannot Same freaking hair.
1: wait. With McConaughey and and Chris Nolan together is going to be spectacular.
0: We talked about most anticipated movies of the summer. Is that? Can, no, does n- that does that trump? Uh, if if this if Interstellar was coming out in the summer, ooh. Uh, Would that trump um, Guardians Guardians I don't think it would trump
1: Guardians as far as anticipation for me, but just excitement, it's up there. But, like, I've been waiting for Guardians for years, literally. (laughs) Like, ever since they announced it, like, I've read all the comics, like, kept up with the production and everything. But, man, Interstellar is just going to be on an – it's going to be in the best picture combo next year, I think, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's going to be spectacular. The the trailer for that is on another level as well. Mm. Uh, Brian, I'm assuming you'll – You'll go A here, right?
2: Yep, A plus. One of
1: the, uh, again,
2: one of the five best movies I think that I've uh, that I've seen in the last ten years or so since I really started focusing on film and seeing as many movies as I can from each given year and and reviewing it and all that sort of thing. Uh,
0: ma- absolute masterpiece for me. Hey, hey, Kent, take hey. that clip of Brian talking right there and put it at the end of the draft day podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Will do. Definitely will do. (laughs) do. I'm going to go A-plus-two here, and I want to mention how rewatchable this movie is. If you Mm -hmm. haven't seen it since the theater and you're like, oh, I know what happens, or I think I know what happens at the end, rewatch it, too. There's so much to catch here. Um, It just gets better every single time I watch it. Same with The Dark Knight. Um, it's it's definitely up to the level of those of that film.
0: The Dark Knight is so incredible. Not to go tangent here, the thing I noticed the more I watched The Dark Knight is there's no real um, climax to it. Like the entire nope. movie is climax. Like yep. you're just nervous and excited the entire time. It Definitely um, doesn't
1: and, follow a traditional narrative structure yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that's movie that'll be a throwback as well. Like I said, Dark Knight Dark Knight series needs to work its way uh, onto our podcast. Uh, what's your grade, Richard?
0: A-plus, yeah. There's no, a plus. Other, no other grade to give. We're man, on the same page yeah. on this one.
1: Absolutely. So, guys, uh, listeners, please email in and uh, give us your comments on Inception. If you have any, we would love to hear your feedback on this movie. It's one that was definitely worth revisiting. And if you have another film you think is worth revisiting, please hit us up on our website, com, And uh, we'll, we have a list going, and we're actively trying to um, hammer those out. Um, before summer movie season fully gets here and, and stuff like that. So uh, definitely keep the suggestions coming, and we'll be glad to do more throwback episodes for you guys. So, guys, let's move on. Let's do Weekly Recommends.
2: Weekly Recommends.
1: All right, guys. Brian, you want to kick us yeah, off this week? Sure thing.
2: Uh, my recommend this week is is one that I believe you've, you've done in the past, Kent. I usually try to avoid, uh, you know, repeating our, our recommends as best I can, but uh, I think it's timely given the, uh, the Inception talk that we just had. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife had never seen Serenity or any of the Firefly ah. series, so we, uh, she'd seen some of Firefly, but it's been several years, never seen Serenity, um, so we had a, a rare night out, night off from the kiddo and everything, so we, uh, we sat down to watch uh, Serenity and... Um, one of my one of my favorite movies ever and uh so fun i love the characters i love um the whedonisms of that entire script is just one big whedonism and i and i love it i love it so much it just makes my heart happy um the dialogue they use uh in the film uh The special effects are not that great, but it was made on a $20 million budget and, and, uh, you know, you can kind of forgive those sorts of things, uh, I think. At least I can. Uh, Great wrap-up, I think, for the series if you're a fan of Firefly, but also kind of leaves it in a place where if someday they wanted to come back to it and make a Netflix original series to go along with it, I think you could without, you know, really wrecking anything from the movie. Um, And I will say, if you've never seen Firefly and you don't want to put yourself through, you know, 15 or so hours of of that, uh, I do think you can watch Serenity without having seen seen the show. I had not seen Firefly when I watched Serenity the movie the first time, um, and I I didn't have any issues with, you know, understanding what was happening or anything like that. It made me want to go watch the series, um, which was great, obviously, but, uh, you know, I think you can definitely... Check it out, even without the uh, the background of the Firefly show. So uh, check it out, uh, Serenity. It is on Netflix Instant, and uh, it's wonderful little movie.
1: Yeah, I think I I had a recommended Firefly. I don't okay. know if I had recommended Serenity specifically. I think we probably mentioned it, of course. But a good recommend. And it's almost hard to believe. Uh, you know that show ended, and it's almost hard to believe that they ever made they made a movie of that show. You know, yeah, because yeah, everyone's really memory of that show is like, oh, so short-lived. It just needs to come back. Well, they got a movie. I mean, yeah. <laughs> out yeah. of it. I mean, those they You like you mentioned it. They did sort of wrap up what was, what was left, uh, left unsaid in the in TV series. But man, it's only a matter of time until it comes back. I think. <laughs> you know, yeah, Firefly. It will. It will come back. Actually, sometime.
2: It'll be very interesting to see if that happens. Regardless. Um, Nathan Fillion in that role of Mal Reynolds is fantastic. Like he's just – all of the characters on the show are, and the movie are great. Mal Reynolds is next level great, great yes. television and, and, and film character. And he's kind of been banking off – not kind of. He has been. He's been banking off of it for the the remainder of his, his career, and he probably will for the next however many years. Um, he is great in that role, and the character – is so well written, and that's something that I'd kind of uh, forgotten. It, it has probably been—I would say—it's been at least five years since I've watched either Firefly, Firefly, or Serenity. Um, and I'd kind of forgotten how. I, I obviously I know how much I love the the, the movie and 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 the show, when I I had forgotten how strong all the characters and that character in particular are as compared to almost anything else that's been on, on TV or or in that sort of a, a film since.
1: Yeah. Just uh, two quick notes regarding this subject. Uh, Ca- Firefly Cast Reunion is happening at Dallas Comic-Con here in the next two weeks. Yeah. A full cast of Firefly will be there doing a Q&A and everything. And, uh, man, he also – Nathan Fillion also teased a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy, which has me extremely excited. So – um he was rumored to be Star Lord for a while. It didn't happen. Uh, he was rumored because of his relationship with James Gunn, who he was right. in. He was in uh, Slither. So yeah, cast reunion uh this this um, at this year's Dallas Comic Con. If you can make it to town and if you're a Firefly fan, I'm sure that will be something worthwhile.
0: Richard Barton, what we can yeah. recommend. Um, I would recommend is a, is a book, uh, one of my favorites. I read it a few years ago, and now I'm listening to the audiobook of it. I texted you guys earlier. Uh, the film version comes out uh, later this year, uh, directed by one Mr. Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, the inher- book Inherent Vice by Thomas Pinchon. Uh It's a really funny, um, very le- – this is going to be uh, PTA's Lebowski, to put it to you guys that way. Really? Uh-huh. Um, very similar, uh, kind of noir with a stoner um, investigator guy, uh, where the Cones have done a lot of serious movies and they did Lebowski. It's kind of their comedy. Um, I think uh, this will be much the same for, for Paul Thomas so I think it's going to be a really, really, really funny movie, um, but also great as well and with with wonderful performances. But – my my recommendation is the book, which is um, probably the most accessible. Pinchon's known for being pretty crazy. Um, there's like two pictures of him that exist. No one's really ever seen him. Uh, yet he's had a literary career for going on 50 years now. Um, but this is the most accessible and kind of uh, most linear of any of his books. Yeah. Um, and uh, definitely a good intro into a really, really great and important writer of the 20th and now 20, 21st century. This came out. Uh, Heron Vice came out, I think, like in 09. It's right. a pretty recent book, um, but uh, this is I, – yeah, I, I recommend it to anyone. It's, it's pretty long, uh, the book is, but it's it's straight up kind of Raymond Chandler noir, but just in a surf town with a s- bunch of stoners. Um, so it's really funny. And yeah, Owen, I texted you guys last night. The ca- the character that's killing me so far is the one that Owen Wilson's going to play, so I, I can't wait to watch that in the movie. Do you
1: think the character that Joaquin plays is an Oscar potential type role or
0: um, – it's very much similar to the dude. like So it really just kind of depends on how they do it. Yeah. Um, he's kind of just a burnout. It, the difference is the dude is kind of accidentally brought into this intrigue, um, whereas Joaquin's character Doc, is a, uh, he's a PI. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, it's going to be mind-willing, I think. It's going to be really different and fun. Martin Short, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Of all the people for Thomas Paul Thomas Anderson to get <laughs> that we would love, North American treasure Martin Short
0: is awesome. I am a li- like, yeah. could
1: you ask for more? I don't think so. <laughs> I know, so and, anticipated.
0: And, you know, I'm, I'm psyched. I think Joaquin's gonna be. It's. I think um, if he does get some Oscar bait, it will be be because it's so against hype for him, and it's oh really going to be so. Um, you know, he's known for these incredibly intense. Uh, roles. And this will be such a different side. I think people may respond really well to it.
1: Cool. Great. I'll, I'll definitely have to check that out. I'm finishing up my degree here in the, in the next week. And I've already got Unbroken to read um, oh, yeah. because Ange- Angelina's movie is coming out this, um, this fall. So I'm going to read that. And I definitely want to read Inherent Vice before it comes out too. I'm going to make that my summer reading. So good to yeah. recommend. Good to recommend, Brian. I mean, Richard.
0: I'm Richard. I'll be here I know. Time. Uh, What's your weekly recommend?
1: Yeah, I'm going to recommend uh, something that's a little bit overdue. I should have recommended this a few a few weeks ago, but I had just gotten a chance to revisit it uh, this past week. Um, there's an arc in season three of the FX series Louis by Louis C.K., mm. who is an awesome com- uh, stand-up comedian, if you're not fam- familiar with his work, who also does a show on FX called Louie. Uh, Richard and I had the pleasure of seeing him perform stand up live last year, and had an amazing time doing that. He's probably the best, if not one of the best stand ups out right now. Mm-hmm. And so his show is either him
0: or either, either him or Kevin Hart.
1: Yeah, of course, depending on your perspective. But um, <laughs> he uh, he made this show Louie and it's basically just his life. Um, follows him around. It's very Seinfeld esque, except it's like one camera and it, um, it's sort of a twenty thirteen or twenty twelve version of Seinfeld. I really enjoy the show, but there's an arc in season three called The Late Show. Mm-hmm. And um basically what what has currently happened in the past month happens um in a plot line on Louis. Basically David Letterman decides to retire and uh the CBS executive who is played brilliantly by David Lynch in yes. the episode, like so maybe David awesome. Lynch's like best role ever. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just so so brilliantly, brilliant brilliantly written and acted. But um David Lynch plays the president of CBS and he calls Louis in and says, Hey, would you like to replace David Letterman as the host of the late show? And so Louis has this big um debate in his mind whether he wants to do it or not. And the whole deal is CBS is um Choosing between Jerry Seinfeld and Louis C.K., and so Jay Leno is on and does a guest appearance and talks to Louis about what he thinks he should do. And um, Chris Rock has a cameo, and Chris Rock um, actually like finds out that Louis is getting eyed for the CBS job and gets pissed about it. And so, so they start wanting Chris Rock to host the Late Show. But it's I mean it's just really cool to see that actually happen in real life and to go back and watch that plotline happened on the show it's very relevant to i mean the past month of of late night news and it's still very much a funny um funny arc probably the best arc on the louis louis series thus far it's three episodes long so it's about an hour and a half and just an awesome awesome um piece of comedic television so if you haven't seen that it is on netflix Uh, so if you have netflix it's free to watch um
0: the season three the Late Show arc on Louis, is my recommend. And and as an add on, season four of Louis starts next week, right or this week?
1: I think it's, uh, I think it it's starts, a couple days. It starts next week, the first week of okay. May, and it's two episodes a week for seven weeks. Okay, awesome. So they, leave it up to Louis to do something weird. I love yeah. the story of Louis when they. I don't think we've ever told this story, but like FX approached him and was like, Louis, we want to do a show, <laughs> and uh, he's like, Okay, I'll do it but I want to do whatever I want and they're like uh no we need to see what you're going to do and he's like no well, we don't have to do it
0: <laughs> And then, so he a- he asked them, what would it cost what's the bare minimum it would cost to make a show and yeah. they said like $300,000 he's like just give me $300,000 a week and I'll make the show and, uh, and they're like well, well we, we want to it-
1: preview it before it goes on air he's like no you're not you can't preview it you, yeah,
0: can't, he- you can't
1: you can't see it and they're like well we have to and they're like Okay, we,
0: we just won't do it then. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and so he did it for so cheap yeah. that they, they waived their rights to the notes and everything. So he has complete control. That way to get what you want in
1: Hollywood basically is say, okay, we just won't do it. Do yeah. It. <laughs> it worked beautifully, and that show is just all of we. It is. Um, but that's all I've got. Um, but Brian, let me ask you, where can I find your work on the internet?
2: You can find me on Twitter at BGill12, and you can find my
0: writing at canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barton or online at com. Kent, where might I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison and you can find
1: all of our episodes online at MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com Find our weekly recommends, our American treasures and our contact info on there as well And on that note, until next time we will see you at the cinema Goodbye! Goodbye
0: fire,
2: fire.